and welcome to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fadel. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I am in my bedroom right now with one kitten and two dogs. So we'll see how this goes. Sits on the land, the unceded territory of the Multnomah, Kathlamet, Clackamas, Calisbands of Chinook, Tualatin, Kalapuya, Malala, and many other tribes. I I think it's important to do a land acknowledgement. So that's I want to say that first. And I also want to add that it doesn't stop with a land acknowledgement. So many things that we do are bandwagonish. We have some kind of awakening and we learn what's right and that's really good and so we we jump off there but we jump off there and we stop. So I want to say very strongly that it doesn't stop it doesn't stop with a land acknowledgement that is only the beginning we have to then put our that our, our hearts our minds our power and everything we have to back up indigenous rights and the rights of other people we we have to put our money and our power where our mouth is that's what i want to talk about it starts there but it doesn't stop there and it's a good place to start, and that's only the that's only the beginning. So, how's everybody doing? <laughs> so, last week we talked about what are your non-negotiables, and then Molly talked about what she was doing to kind of prepare herself for the things that she cannot control. She cannot control whether she gets to go home. She can't control what what the future none of us can, but what her future looks like in regards to whether she's going to get to go to Canada like she does every year to visit her sister and her nieces and nephews. So what she's doing for herself is being gentle and giving herself what she needs and what will help her, I guess, be the soft place for herself to land. When you get into your non-negotiables, like we talked last week. You have a set, a sort of loose criteria for what you want, what you expect, and what you're not going to put up with. Granted, we have limited control over that, but we're, we're kind of, like, I think I said this last week, we're creating a container to give us as much as we can what we want for ourselves within the constructs that we we can't change. The constructs that we can't change are things like the pandemic and needing to social distance and quarantine and wear masks and keep everybody around us safe. Those are things we cannot change. The things that we can change are things like interaction with people that can be harmful, triggering, traumatic, difficult for us to be around. And how we can change those things are if we're going to allow ourselves to do a Zoom call with them, or if you have a family member that's an anti-masker, you're not going to go visit them because then you will be exposed and then you will expose other people. So these are like, these are things that we are in a unique period of time to put ourselves in a place where we can decide what we want to do. So usually this time of year, what I say to people is if you're going to go to, you know, Aunt Betty's house and you know that they're going to ask you if you're dating anyone, they disapprove of, you know, you being gay, they like to fight about politics, um, they don't believe you, you know, all of these things that range from super traumatic or just difficult to be around. What I usually say to people is, if you feel like it is more difficult to say no about going, whether you're going or not going, than it is to go, 
then what can you do with that? So what I mean by that is Aunt Betty invites you, you know, every time you've gone, it's been difficult. But you still know that if you don't go, you're going to get so much shit afterwards that it's almost not worth it for you because because where you're at in your life, it's it's too hard to wade through that amount of crap. So you decide to go. So if we were meeting together and you were a client of mine, I would say, okay, I want you to bookend it. What are you going to bookend, bookend this time with? And what I mean by that is you're going to show up at this particular time, whether they like it or not, and you're going to leave by this particular time. And if you feel like you're going to get trapped, you're going to have someone call you and remind you it's time to leave. That's, that's your out. How are you going to get out of the situation? You're going to have somebody drive you there and then pick you up. That's a really good one because then you have to leave because you're not going to make your friend wait. Um, Todd and I would have code words where if I was in a situation where I was feeling, you know, my anxiety rise or feeling some past stuff come up for myself that we would have a code word and when that code word was said nobody would know what it was you can go back to past episodes i think from last year i i get into the details of that he would know we need to go somewhere and talk and just sometimes just processing it with the other the your safe person is enough but usually it meant i needed to leave and so then we would find a way to get ourselves out it doesn't have to make any sense to the other person and it doesn't have to make sense to you know your hosts because they don't even know it just has to make sense to you and what you're feeling in your body because you're the only one that can know what you're feeling in your body again if we were in a time where those you know where you were going places going to work parties going to friends parties even people that you love being around sometimes there is a person that will be at these places that is difficult for you and brings up stuff for you, whatever that is. So I would say bookend, you know, when are you leaving? When are you getting there? When are you leaving? Have, if you need to have a person on speed dial or have a person queued up that knows to check in with you halfway through the party and just go, how are you doing? Do you need to, do you need me to pick you up? Do you need, do you need me to talk you down? What's going on? Um, and that might be all you need is just somebody that's, that's got your back and will call you and check in on you. You know, also, Last year, maybe you were traveling and staying with family. And for the most part, it's lovely. It's idyllic. You, you know, everybody's super cool. And you've got one wild card. And so if the one wild card sends you back 10 steps and causes you to really feel vulnerable about who you are and your worth, then to have some things that you can do, some some like I would say, have some have something in your back pocket that you can pull out when you need to. So those are just some things that if you were going someplace, which I hope that you're not, that you could do. Now, how do we take those things that we would do if we were interacting with people face to face and apply them to you know, Zoom calls or meeting outside for a dinner, you know, present opening, whatever you're going to be doing. And how do we decide what we're going to be doing? What is healthy for us? What is sustainable for us? What gives us energy or at least doesn't deplete us of all our energy and our worth? How do we apply these same things that we would do in the physical, which in some ways, is harder because you can end up at a you know at a family party that usually is really hard for you and for some reason 
everything just goes smooth and it feels good. And then you kind of build this false hope that it's going to be that way every time. And it might be. And if it is, that's great. So what I would normally tell clients is if it's that way and you've bookended something or you've brought a friend with you, you can always use those resources that you've set up with yourself to check in with yourself. And if you don't have somebody, you can check in with yourself by going to the bathroom and going on a walk, doing lots of different things to find out how you really are and enjoying the moment for what it is when you're there, when you're in it and just letting it be what it is and having it be good. How do we take these things, like I said, to the new life that we're in right now that hopefully some of it will be temporary and hopefully some of the things we're learning we carry over into our future so that our world looks different and we are more gentle with ourselves and others and less demanding on ourselves and others. Some of the ways we can do this are a lot of us will be on Zoom. I don't see myself being on Zoom, um, but I will do, you know, a FaceTime with my sister probably and if our son and his girlfriend aren't able to come home, we'll, we'll do some kind of, you know, FaceTime with them. So it's pretty much the same thing, whatever it is, whatever techno technological device system you're using. Um, it's the same rules apply. What I would do is decide what you want your day to look like. Let's say you're a single person that has been quarantined and really wants to do at least a check-in with your family. Same rules apply. I know that I reiterate a lot about creating safety for yourself in a container. And you might have a delightful family. Still, creating a container for ourselves that looks more like what we want and we need while also considering the needs of others is important, no matter what your family situation is. I don't want to be on a Zoom call the entire day. From the time I get up on Christmas Day or any day, you know, celebrating something until the evening, you might like that. So let's say you're single, you haven't really been able to interact with people so you have decided to be on a Zoom call all day with your family, who is delightful, do, you know, open presents together, eat together, you know, do carols together, whatever it is. That's awesome. I also think, although it's awesome, it is also good to create some check-ins with yourself. Because that just flat out could be exhausting no matter how amazing the people are. One way to do that is to create moments within your day where you have the ability to check in. There's no way you can be on a Zoom call, FaceTime call, people Skype anymore, I don't know, without having to go to the bathroom, get a drink. Those are check-in times. So you can plan on having set check-in times with yourself or with your family whoever you are, whatever your situation is, same applies. Where you pop off the call to go to the bathroom, make some tea, get a snack. Those just hands down are good ways to kind of like letting go of that moment, moving on, but also checking in with yourself. While you're waiting for the kettle to boil, you know, take one minute to center down and feel what you're feeling in your body. Is this enjoyable for you? If you are with other people in your, in your house, is this enjoyable for them? Do they need a break? Are you forcing some kind of joy on them that's not joyful to them? Are you forcing some kind of joy on yourself that's not joyful to you? And that's okay because 
we get these narratives that form in our head that it's going to be different this time, that it's going to be, you know, people aren't going to do what they always do. We have magical thinking. And again, it can be the most delightful, healthy family. And it is still good to take periodic breaks to kind of check in with yourself. I'll tell a little story. In the beginning, this is, this is a harder story, but I think it applies. You can kind of take it and put it over top, kind of reframe it to fit your situation. So at the beginning of the pandemic, our cat had been sick for about six months and we had gone to the vet numerous times trying to figure out what was wrong and it was only getting worse and he was starting to lose lose weight. We went to the vet. She, a new vet, she had some ideas but also was very clear with us that it was possible that Francis would not make it. So we came home from that vet appointment and talked as a family. So that's one, checking in with each other. How are we doing? What needs to happen? Well, our son is in LA, so we called our son. We FaceTimed with him. We talked about the potential of what could happen, that it was very possible and likely that Francis would not make it, but we were going to try the last kind of, the last thing we could try. And then about a week later, it was very apparent that Francis was not going to make it. And so we called our vet. And because of the pandemic, there were all these new regulations that we had to abide by. And and oddly enough, those regulations worked in our favor. We couldn't go to a vet to put Francis down, which we didn't want to do anyway. We wanted to do it in our at our home where he was comfortable. He hated going to the vet. So we were able to set up something in our backyard. The day ended up being nice. It wasn't rainy, so the person coming to put him down could come to our backyard. We could be present. We were all masked up. Our daughter got to hold him while he got the injection. And our son was on a FaceTime call with us before that. And then at one point, so let me, let me kind of map out the day for you. So we knew it was going to happen. We didn't know exactly when in the day that person would be able to make it to our house. So what we did is we just loved on Francis and, you know, gave him all the treats and the snacks he wanted. And our son was on a FaceTime call that entire time. And then there was one point where we were like, do you need a break, Zion? Do you need to like kind of take a break from this? so that you can kind of feel your feelings or do whatever you need to do. And he was exhausted. And so we did like an hour break. And then the person came and we FaceTimed him again. And he was present, as present as he could be in this difficult time without being able to be home. He was there while Francis passed away. And then the person left and we put Francis in a box and then we dug a hole in our yard really deep in the garden and we buried Francis in our yard. And I think at another point in there, we asked Zion if he needed a break and we kind of all took little breaks during, during that time. So what I'm trying to model is you can have a good rapport with your family. You can have a loving relationship and the ability to, you know, kind of say what you need and still need to take a break. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with you and there's not necessarily anything wrong with your family. You just need a break to feel whatever feelings you have. Sometimes, even if you are a, a person that is very in touch with your feelings, it's hard to do that in a mo- in the moment. And it, or even if you're doing that, you need a moment to just be with yourself. And so often we have to create those moments for ourselves because we can't expect other people 
to read into our situation and create those for us. So one of those ways is to give those to yourself. And when we check in, we don't have to do anything. We don't have to fix anything. So let's say you're not on a Zoom call. You're with your family or you're with your roommates and you've decided to make the best out of a difficult situation and create new a new Christmas for yourself. You can't go home for the holidays. You you don't want to do a long Zoom call. Maybe you'll do a check-in with your family wherever they are, you know, at different times during the day. You'll do your parents in the morning. Maybe you'll open their gift. You'll meet with an aunt or uncle or sibling or whoever is part of your family. But you and your roommates have decided to do a Christmas together. That said, that doesn't mean you won't need times to kind of recharge, check in with yourself. So create those for yourself. And you can even create those for your roommates. If you're creating something for yourself and they might not know, you could say, I'm having a great time. Can we take like a hour break and I'm just going to go to my room and check in with myself and, you know, maybe take a depression nap or listen to some music and kind of be with myself because I, I know that even though I'm not feeling things right now, not being with my family or my chosen family is going to be hard. And I want to just give myself a chance to feel whatever I need to feel. And when we check in with ourselves, we don't have to fix anything, do anything. We just can be still with our body, take some deep breaths, and kind of feel where maybe any tension is being held. Like for me, it's almost always in my jaw. And if I just take some breaths and kind of just let myself sink into myself, and breathe into my jaw within a couple minutes, it usually releases and I feel a little, little bit better. So that's all. Or you could just say a mantra to yourself. You know, you can go into the bathroom. You know how much I love the bathroom for a little alone time. And you can do one of those dechargers, which is that release from the tension that you're holding in your body. Like maybe somebody says something that's really difficult for you. Maybe somebody says something body shaming or somebody says something that isn't necessarily something that you can confront or you feel like it's safe for you to confront, but you need to get that charge out of your body. You can do the 25 you know, left, right, left, right, arm slap, and then the deep breath on the 25th slap. Or you can do, you know, a belly rub. There's so many different dechargers in your body that I've talked about in other episodes. So you can go back to refer and refer to those, or you can just look up online and there's so many things out there that people do to get that stuff moved out of their bodies. We don't have to be held captive by the situation that, are, that we're in, positive or negative or nebulous. There are things that we can do to help ourselves. One of the things that you could do is just say to family, friends, because this is such a unique experience, unique time, Hopefully we never have to be in this time again. I'm going to do something completely different than I've ever done for Hanukkah, for, for Kwanzaa, for Christmas. I'm going to go completely offline. And I'm going to go on a walk in the woods. Or I'm going to go to the coast for the day with my mask on. 
and just be with myself. Or maybe you live with another person and you guys decide to do that together and you create something that is a once in a lifetime thing. We have an opportunity to change the way we do things if they don't work for us. And when we are in the normal, which is whatever your normal is for holiday times, it is harder to do that because you are like a salmon swimming upstream trying to get over those giant waterfalls, making the least trouble for yourself. And that is hard in, in times when it is relatively easy to do, you know, holidays that don't have as much energy and stress. It's hard to do those things because you then constantly have to draw boundaries, defend your decision, risk making people mad, and all of those things are perfectly fine. You have every right to do what helps you feel good. It's trickier if you're a parent because you're not, you're responsible for other people as well. So I hope that you don't just decide for everybody what everybody's going to do. But it's hard to do those things. It's hard to be the salmon swimming upstream. It's hard to go against the flow of what everybody else is willing to put up with or everybody else is excited about doing. And so this right now, one of the beautiful things about this very hard time is that you can do whatever the fuck you want. You can create something that maybe it's a one, one time thing. You will never do it again, but you will remember this holiday season for the rest of your life because you decided not to buy any gifts, to make handwritten cards, saying what people mean to you and sending them out. And that's your Christmas gift. You decide to take all of the money that you would normally send on Chris, spend on Christmas gifts and support something that you've always wanted to support, but never felt that you had the wiggle room financially to do it. And then you say to your family, this is what I've done. It's in all of our names, because people love that stuff. <laughs> they love a legacy. <laughs> and this is what I'm doing for Christmas. You know, again, it's different when you have children and young children. So you have to take all those considerations. You have to, you have to consider other people, but we again have a unique opportunity to do something that we've never done. Maybe you've always wanted to go into the woods and cut down your own Christmas tree. And that's the thing that you're going to do. Maybe you want to, you know, write a book this Christmas of all of the stories of your family that are meaningful, and you're going to, I was going to say Xerox, (laughs) nobody Xeroxes anymore. You're going to print those out, and that's going to be your Christmas present. Think about, as you think about what you want, as you think about the unique time that we're in, Think about what brings you joy. If it brings you joy to buy gifts for people, I'm not saying don't buy gifts for people. That doesn't bring me that much joy. I mean, I love a good thrift store hunt and finding something that I know somebody would love any time of year. That brings me a lot of joy. Christmas, there's, yeah, there's things that I love about, you know, getting for my kids, the things that I love the most are making gifts for people. You know, I love making medicine. So one of the things that I love to do around the holidays is make people medicinal kits that hopefully they use. But if not, it's bringing me joy. Those gifts are my time, my love of the woods, my love of plant life and what plant plants give back to us. And those things are so filled with my love and my joy and my release of cortisol <laughs> that that brings me joy. 
So if we can weigh the things that we're choosing to do with what brings us the most joy, also considering the people that we have to consider, again, one of the things that you could do is give yourself completely offline for one day. The other thing is to create new memories. There are so many things that we can do to give ourselves safety and care. And again, that thing that I keep talking about, nurturing ourselves. And that is hard. We talked about this last week. What do you want? What do you need? And what can you do to mitigate any pain and damage if you're not going to get what you need? I am preparing myself for the possibility that my son can't come home. And this will be the first Christmas that he may not be able to come home. Am I going to be sad? Yes. Is he going to be sad? Yes. Can I really prepare for that? I don't know. One of the ways that I prepare for things is by talking about it. So by saying out loud to you, you know, my 20-year-old son may not be able to come home. He and his sister are like best friends, so that's going to be very difficult for her and very difficult for him. But when I say it out loud, it can be scary because sometimes it makes it seem like it's more likely to happen, but I'm also preparing my muscles, my emotional muscles, to be able to grieve that possibility and prepare myself that it may that I may not get what I want. And that's okay. And it's okay to be sad about it. So if we don't get what we want as a family, then I definitely am going to have to create spaces in our day for grief. And that probably people are going to be a little bit pissy with each other. And to try to let some of that stuff roll off my back because hurt people hurt people. I don't know if that was Brene Brown that said that, but somebody said it and it's really good. Hurt people hurt people. So when we are hurting, if I am prepared for us to be sad and hurting, then the things that people say that maybe are a little crusty are sharp, I'm going to be able to let go of and not hold that person so responsible for. Now, does that mean it's right to take up take our pain out on other people? Absolutely not. But I also want to give room for people to make mistakes. Okay, so where does all that leave us? It leaves us in charge of ourselves. It leaves us as the gentle nurturer of ourselves. That can sound really hard. How do we do that? By building the muscle now. Creating steps in every day, whether it's one minute or one minute a few times a day or five minutes before you go to bed thinking about what you want and how you can get it for yourself. I'm not talking about things. I'm talking about safety and care and connection and love. How can you get it? What did we say? Bookend your Zoom call. If you're going to have a call, bookend it, just like you would face-to-face. -face. Give yourself an out. Give yourself a time limit. If you have to lie about, the t about what you're doing, that's okay. I know some people don't like to lie, and if you're that... I don't like to lie, but if, if it's a safety factor, if it's my own care factor then i'm going to i'm going to lie if i don't have an escape so you can if you have an animal you can say hey i got to pop out feed the dog i got to walk the dog give yourself outs and then remember check in with yourself and one way to check in with yourself is by creating times during the day where you're going to do that whether you're in a zoom call 
or whether you're face to face with people, give yourself a bathroom break, make some tea, get a snack, check in with your body. Where is your body? Where are you holding tension? Maybe you're not. Maybe you're like, this is so great. Everybody is being so kind and loving. And I want to just acknowledge that, that I'm grateful for that. And then hold that in your body. Also, this is a unique time that we're living in. And a unique time can call for a new approach. Go completely offline. Decide to camp in the woods. Go to the beach. Do something within the confines of the pandemic that we're living in, that you're not exposing people to yourself, but you're creating something new. And that brings me to the last thing, create new memories. So going offline can be a new memory. You know, some people have more access to resources than other people. Like I don't know anybody with a cabin, so I don't have a free cabin that I can use, but maybe you know somebody that would let you go to their cabin. Maybe you could drive to the beach. Maybe you could, in your area, you know, just decide, I'm going to be offline and I'm going to take three different walks. I don't have a car. I'm going to bike to a park and walk around the park. Whatever it is, you can create a new memory for yourself. I say all this to say no matter what your situation, no matter how kind and loving or problematic and toxic, you are in charge of yourself. Yes, you may also be in charge of little people, but you are in charge of yourself and you can create new memories, new ways of being in the world that reflect who you are and the love and the care of community that you want to express and and put out into the world. You get to be in charge of that. And now, without further ado, my friend Darrell Wade talking about what he's going to be doing for the holidays. We did this interview right before Thanksgiving. So some of it is centered around Thanksgiving, but also reflects what they're going to be doing most of the holidays because we're in lockdown again. Thank you for listening. Here's Darrell. Just to see, you know, you personally, you as a husband and just, you know, what you're doing, how you're feeling, if you have any survival tips, <laughs> slippers, number one. <laughs> oh, slippers is, is stay in your slippers, people. And I completely <laughs> stay in your slippers. Uh, one, there's only a few places that you can go in your slippers. That's true. Well, can't go that far from your house. Not, not in the oh, Pacific. I've seen, I've seen people go pretty far in their slippers. <laughs> you can, I can go to the grocery store comfortably. I can go to the grocery store in my slippers, and that's it. Yours must be yours must be the ones that are like shoes. Look kind of like shoes, slip-on shoes. Yeah, they're like that. They're like, uh, you know, they're really comfortable. They're like the grandpa slippers. Mm, those are the best. Those were my first ever, like, adult pair of slippers. <laughs> and um, they actually were my wife's. And then she got a new pair. And I was, and I was already wearing hers so often that... <laughs> yeah, you had broken them. Yeah, she was just like, you can have them. And so... <laughs> You pretty much already do. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you have any wisdom bombs for us, Darrell? Oh, man. About just getting through the holidays? Yeah, or just, yeah. Like, you know, I, my thought is, you know, for everybody is in a different situation, but for me, in some ways, with my family, you know, my family of origin is difficult and, um, you know, it's, it's a mixed bag. And so I don't have to deal with that. So in some ways it's a little bit 
easier because the decision is taken away from me. But in other ways, you know, there's a very strong possibility that Zion won't be able to come home and that that's hard. Um, so I just thought like, you know, I, I really didn't think this through, let's be honest, (laughs) (laughs) but I thought I'm interested in what people are doing and, you know, not from a place of like, there's a right way to do it, but you know, are you guys doing anything that's like, we can't do X, Y, and Z, but we can do this. And so that we're going to do this you know, huge. Well, we can't do like the large holiday gatherings that we and a lot of African-American families traditionally like to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're limiting our gathering to just my in-laws. And um, we've been quarantining, like self-quarantining just for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so not even we haven't even really we have a bubble, but we haven't even been like engaging with our bubble like that. Yeah. Because yeah. Britt and I decided um, collectively that, you know, to keep, you know, our elders safe that, you know, we would just self quarantine. And so uh, and she's already, you know, putting herself at risk just by going to work. She works yeah. in a clinical setting with, yeah. where cases are rising uh, exponentially. And so, um, but just to, I would just say, I'm just doing what I can to preserve my peace. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm whether we realize it or not, we are, we're in a very fortunate time to be under quarantine and independent. Oh, that's true. We probably have more resources than any one, any civilization has ever had in history. Yeah, just distractions. <laughs> we have hella distractions. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, my my nephew's in there making the beat. Yes. That's what he's doing. He's working on beats. We broke out a thousand piece puzzle. <laughs> We've done puzzles. <laughs> um. Well, also canned food. Like canned we may want canned food, but we don't have to be out in the fields. You know. Well, we don't even hardly. I mean, so my mother in law volunteers at the Trader Joe's food pantry. And our shelves are, we're overstocked, actually. Yeah. We've been giving food away. We've been trying to, like, find people who, like, hey, do you need, you know, X, Y, and Z? Just trying to be neighborly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's helped. And trying to connect with people, you know, Zoom, Skype, mm-hmm. whatever you do, Google Meet, just because we can do that. We don't have to send carrier pigeons to be like, you know, <laughs> are you still alive? You know? <laughs> yeah, that's You succumb true. to the fever. You know, like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> uh, you know, we. it's funny, we, be, we, I think we've, we're so spoiled that we behave that way. The, oh, I know when people say, especially, breathe, you're taking away my right. Especially in the beginning, I was like, you guys act like this is colonial American, like America, yeah. you know, like you picture yourself like that Confederate soldier, dear mother, it's been, fort- <laughs> <laughs> it's been seven yeah. fortnights since I've sent my last letter. And it, like, <laughs> <laughs> the men are losing morale. There's been whispers <laughs> of mutiny. Several have succumbed <laughs> to the fever. Like, <laughs> like, we're not there, people. Like, no. <laughs> Especially yeah. in the Pacific Northwest, where we can go, where you can go on like a hike, like a block yeah. of your house. Yeah. I know we we are very very lucky. We're extremely lucky. You know we've been well, wh- we've been coloring. That's one thing we've been doing. We'll just turn up some chill music. Uh, the, my, the last workshop we had at Black Men's Wellness was the adult coloring event, mm-hmm. where uh, we just we we had a karaoke room. 
we mask, we put all our masks on. We t- did uh, took all the COVID, re- you know, precautions, and we just had a small group yeah. of us while somebody played like chill beats, and we colored. Was that Christopher who led that one? And Christopher led, yes, that was his yeah. workshop. Shout out to Christopher. Yeah, that's which is it's, it's funny because that's who I'm meeting up with that for. <laughs> well, you gotta, you got to put a little bee in his bonnet because I asked him too, and he um he said he thought he could okay. um. But we're we're still working it out, and that I mean that's that's that helps me understand what you're doing for you personally. Do you have any go tos that are like, you know, if I can work out or if I can do a meditation, you know, that helps me. Do you have things that you personally do that? Yeah, I'm trying to get better at meditating. It's funny because I have a whole entire mini jujitsu gym in my garage that i don't utilize (laughs) well when this is over will you teach me how to do jujitsu i certainly will like with my white belt self (laughs) i don't care when i started teaching people archery i was a complete beginner so and you know and that's the other thing i'm like man did i miss archery like i really wanted to get out and do that like no we're still gonna do it like um, I've run into Ron up there. Like Ron is up there all the time. Ron Cecil. That's awesome. And I've run into him in the mornings. I, I have it. I mean, that's the other, you know, you talked about being spoiled in the Northwest and we are spoiled. And that said, sometimes people think that just because you're outside, all restrictions don't apply and that's been shocking to me up there where i'll show up you know with my n95 mask on and you know there will be 30 people you know five people at a target you know i'm exaggerating three at least three people at a target right not everybody is in the same bubble and you know ron and i have masks on and you know he's completely on you know on the opposite end of the archery range but nobody else is wearing a mask Wow. So, so it hasn't stopped me. What I've done is I've upped my precautions. You know, I have a mask on. I don't go up there without a, you know, one of the N95s or the KN95s or fours or whatever they are and, you know, sanitize everything. So no, it's not over for me. In fact, I've been doing them. Um, I've had one almost every weekend, just small. Everything's gotten yeah. smaller, but um, I don't mind that. Oh, um, well, I would certainly love to trade you a jujitsu lesson for an archery lesson. Well, it's, well, yeah, I'm just, you know, we're just doing what we can. And I know that we're privileged to be able to do what we, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. Yeah, we live indoors. We have access to things that maybe some other people don't have access to. Right. And, but the other thing is just making sure that, you know, people around me have what they need. Mm-hmm. And, um, and really mentally preparing myself for the holiday. So I've told, I've, I've told myself that I'm not going to discuss politics <laughs> or at, over the over Thanksgiving, and that's good. And you know, we know the history of the torrid history of Thanksgiving. You know, yeah. I really just try to observe it as a day just to be thankful collectively with my family. That's what we do too. And um, and honestly, to be thankful that the native tribes were as gracious as they were. Oh, I know to the settlers. You know, to teach them the things, you know what I'm saying? There's so much was. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, yeah, at any point, it's like what we've, you know, what we talk about before, you know, that, you know, not only, you know, Native Americans, but I think also people of color in the United States have been a lot more kind than anybody, any white person living in America deserves. And so you kind of hold that tension at the same time as I don't want to celebrate something that marks something that was an attempted genocide. Right. It wasn't, 
it wasn't successful. And at the same time, I want to be grateful that my family's healthy at this point. I haven't lost anybody yeah. to, to this, to this pandemic. I've had people I care about get sick and come out relatively unscathed. I've had friends that have lost parents, you know, but I have not personally lost anybody. And that is something to be celebrated. Yeah, I I agree. Um, Especially, you know, it's funny because I've had people in proximity to me, like friends mainly and friend of friends. And thankfully, you know, my parents are still here. Yeah. Um, my in-laws are still here. I still have elders in my life that are alive and, and kicking and thriving. And we're doing everything we can to make sure that, you know, it stays that way. Yeah. Um, and so. Well, I have, I have a question for you because you said, you know, something that is really important to you and I would say to most of the um, black people that I know is celebrating together. And when you can't celebrate together in the way that you normally would, you know, is there a fallout to that? Are you like, do you think about, you know, is there a depression fallout that you see for the people that can't celebrate in the way that they normally would are you thinking about that? Or are you just trying to put one foot in front of the other and deal with whatever comes when it comes? I'm definitely thinking about it. Um, in, in fact, today I'm I've been I'm like I'm I'm going to reach out to some people, you know, who are just single that I know that live by themselves mm-hmm. that won't be able to to gather and, and things like that. And you know, because I think such a, an important thing is just like saying that. Um, um, we're not in this alone. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. Uh, I, I don't, we don't allow Titus to watch like entertainment television on school nights. We try mm-hmm. to, if we do ha- have any like family screen time, it's like, it, we try to make it educational documentary usually applicable to whatever he's learning in school. Mm-hmm. But we did watch an episode of Blackish. And the oh, last yeah, episodes were phenomenal. Oh, I've got to watch those. I haven't watched it in a oh, while. Oh, man. If you watch the last three, particularly, that- one is about the pandemic and the effect on just their family and Dre, mm-hmm. the main character, Anthony Anderson. And then the one before that is literally on protest and Black Lives Matter. Oh, yeah. Right? And uh, both were really, really good. And we watched those together. <laughs> and it was funny yeah. because, you know, we're, one of the um, the pandemic episode, you know, he went in with like the best of intentions. He was like, I'm killing this as parents. He had like a whiteboard set up without his kids' classes. <laughs> you know had they had their computers and their books and all their school supplies and you know he's like patting himself on the back then he gets a call from the teacher that's like your students haven't done anything this week (laughs) and he's like what (laughs) dreams get shattered and then he and then there's also a point where he he himself has like a mini meltdown because he's just like oh it's the pandemic is getting to me like he has a mean freak out, yeah. but it was so comforting. And at the end, you know, we were we were already doing our puzzle, but at the end of the episode, they broke out a puzzle for the family yeah. to do. And he's like, "Well, we're in this, and we're we're in this as a family, and we just need to power through." And um, but it was really reassuring because I was like, "Oh man, that that was so refreshing to me because mm-hmm. you know you feel like you're alone, even yeah." Even yeah. in my my household of three, I feel like, oh man, is anybody else like <laughs> feeling the way I feel? Yeah. Oh, totally. you know, and and for even for a while, because you know when Brittany broke out, you know pulled the puzzle out. It's a cool puzzle of our solar system. It's really cool. And mm. um, when she pulled the puzzle out, I were I didn't even want to do. It. I was like protesting. Even I'm I'm not doing. It. I hate puzzles. <laughs> 
And she yeah. was like, I want to do this yeah. puzzle with. I was like, no. <laughs> and I'm yeah. I'm very much an extrovert. I'm a social creature. And so whereas my wife is more the opposite. So it's kind of like I was like, I'm not trying to like just live my life. Not, you know what I'm saying? Being able to interact yeah. with my community. I need that. And I think yeah. I don't realize how much I needed it until this, mm-hmm. until the pandemic. And so, uh, as, but, you know, over the, recently I started like, you know, helping them out with the puzzle and it's been therapeutic. You know, mm-hmm. like, and I, I think part of that is me like admitting that this is just where we're at to myself. Yeah. And yeah. accepting it, you know, because I think so much of so many of us just didn't want to accept that this is where we're at right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I, we went through a puzzle phase, and I'm, I'm headed back that way. But we have a new kitten, and that, um, that was just the kitten just flicking the puzzle pieces off the table was a little bit disheartening. <laughs> and the other um, thing is that you know I was a dog walker and. I mainly was walking, trying killing two birds with one stone when I started doing like rover dog walking. And that was one, well, three. One, it was for my physical health because it helped me get you know, my 10,000 steps in. Two, I love dogs. And it's very therapeutic for yeah. me interacting with animals in that way. And it also helped me pay, you know, for some, you know, some expenses, you know. Um yeah. But with COVID, you know, no one, no one needs their dogs walked. And I didn't about that. And because everyone's home, and so for me, I'm like, like it's getting to the point where I'm literally about to just start offering free walks because I'm like, I need, I need interaction with an animal, or I'm going to take in like a foster. Wow. Yeah, yeah, fostering's a good idea. Yeah. And. Um, you know, just because I need that, I need, you know, I need that interaction yeah. with, you know, yeah. some furry animal, not a cat because I love yeah. cats too, but you know, I got furniture that I, I don't want. <laughs> yeah. Rip, yeah. Rip, rip. I just, I gave up, on, gave up on that. We, we lost our cat the, a couple months into the pandemic. And so, you know, we were, trying to decide if we were going to get another cat and the cat we had was a rare kind of cat just never scratched furniture really like in and out kind of he was independent um and so we decided to because we live in an old house and i'd rather have a cat than have mice you know our house is 18 mice is a real real thing um and we got this cat Darrell and I have become one of those people that would if I could probably carry this cat around with me everywhere (laughs) and I'm not a I'm not a real cat person like I'm a dog person we've had cat we've had a cat but this cat is like Oh, I can't even describe. She has given Todd and I will laugh about it because she's given us so much love and attention. But then she'll go away and do her own thing, is which is the perfect cat right. for me. Which is why, but she'll come and yeah. lay. Yeah, she'll come and lay on us and purr, and I can feel my cortisol levels just relax. So if you can get some kind of low maintenance animal to pet that will let you walk it and take care of it but it at all it'll also let you pet it and it won't destroy your furniture i highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah that's that's gonna be my next move um yeah and so um you know I've, I've been thinking about it for a while you know just you know it, animals are very therapeutic oh and- no kidding they can also hands in the house yeah. but and so but yeah i mean but that's that's probably about all the wisdom i i, I you know i can muster for this time no i like 
I like it because it's real. And um, I also think one of the things that you brought up that, I mean, everything you've said has been good, but one of the things that struck me is, you know, what I said about like, you know, my family is difficult, so I don't have to deal with it. But what I hadn't considered is the ripple effect on my chosen family that I do celebrate with. Cause we've always done a Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving celebration that included other people. You know, that's I, when Todd and I got married, we kept Thanksgiving for ourselves and just had all of our friends that didn't have family that they could go to. We we've celebrated that way to some degree for a long time. And I hadn't really thought about the ripple effect that that's going to have I mean I've thought about it individually like it's hard individually to not be able to celebrate in the ways that we're used to and either have to not celebrate at all you know or pare down to only somebody that's already quarantined or in your bubble like you guys are doing but also just people that are already frayed and tired from so many things especially I would say in, in the black community of holding down the protests and the election, you know, all of those things exhausting and then coming to a time where you would normally celebrate it, you know, the wins and the losses and everything and hold that space together and grieve and celebrate and do all that stuff. Right. You can't. And so that's going to affect our communities in ways that I hadn't really foreseen, foresaw, whatever the word is, I don't know, until you said that. Yeah, it's a, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a real thing, man. So it just made me think like, like you were saying, what can I do that I haven't thought about doing? Because I was doing a lot of stuff in the beginning, like putting, I had a lending library out on the porch and then I had, you know, clothes hanging, you know, going through everything and hanging stuff out on a clothesline that I made for free. And like, how do I take what you're saying and kind of reframe it in a way that works for now that considers my community of, of, you know, people that I care about and making sure that they're okay. So I think that that's, that was really good. And I, I really appreciate that. I mean, I mean, it really is kind of a pay it for situation too. Because, mm-hmm. because I mean, when you think about, I mean, I, I can't sit here and pretend that like, I'm at the place in my life because I mean, people, people were generous to me and considerate, you know, we own our home because of a very generous, generous woman. And I'm here because I had friends like check on me and, um, you know, I get like random texts or, you know, Instagram, Facebook tags, whatever. And, Um, and this is a time, this is just a time where we, we, we need to take care of Mm -hmm. each other, you know, not be at each other's throats. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, for me, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And, um, so thank you as always for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for, uh, thanks for reaching out, Angie. I really appreciate it too. This is actually healing for me as well. Remembering what Darrell said about looking out for our community, doing what we can do, giving what we can give, in the best way we can, not leaving ourselves or anybody else behind. So thank you for listening, everybody. Remember who you are. You are worth knowing. You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. Music done by Todd Michael Fadel. You can find me on pretty much every platform under Angie Fatal. I am currently taking clients. 
And if you're in the area, you can also book an archery workshop with me and I'm taking all the precautions for COVID. Just stay safe, as happy and as healthy as you can. Take care, everybody.